What's up, Law Nation? Welcome to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast. Before we get started, please go to escapethebillable.com and download our targeted special report, a field guide to getting started with passive investing. You know, on our show, we often talk about escaping the rat race and avoiding the golden handcuffs and building passive income streams. Relatedly, it all circles back to change. So how can we, as a somewhat conservative bunch, get comfortable with change? A lot of times, like with today's guest, unfortunately, it takes a catastrophic or life-altering event to push us to the brink of change. But hopefully, through some careful introspection and maybe a little bit of the just-do-it attitude, we can make big changes in our lives and the way that we do things without suffering a major hardship. Now, today's guest, Nicole Mayer, is a best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Second Opinion Partners. She's overcome incredible odds to become a wildly successful businesswoman and entrepreneur. Without further ado, on with the show. This is the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets and strategies of the ultra-wealthy on how they build streams of passive income to give them the freedom we all want. Attorney Seth Bradley will help you end the cycle of trading your time for money so you can make money while you sleep. Start living the good life on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Seth Bradley. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, really excited to have you on. Well, look, let's just jump right in. I know you have a very compelling story. Um, so I'd love for you to just jump right into that and feel free to dive into that as deep as you'd like. Sure, absolutely. So uh, my story is a little unique. I always knew I wanted to be in financial planning, financial services, um, and I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Always been on, if you asked me at 15 or 16, while some of my friends were going to college to get their MRS degree and a husband, I was saying that I'm going to be a CEO of a company someday. Um, life had a little bit of a different plan for me, graduated college, started a great job, was, uh, engaged to get married, got married and the dominoes started to fall around me. Um, first there was a tumor on my liver, um, and I was being faced with some really hard medical stuff. And then, um, I was pregnant with my son and my son came along and then I was getting divorced and then I had to have half my liver cut out and all while trying to build a business, be a successful person. Um, and not to mention all of that, I had a ton of student loan debt. Um, I was about, I had a hundred thousand dollars in debt. When I went into some medical issues, I put that on forbearance and it became 160,000 really fast. Um, and then I was left with some debt, uh, from my ex-husband had lost his job while we were married. So, I mean, I was in a black hole that I not, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get out of. And uh, somehow um, with lots of uh, amazing people to and keep encouraging me to do what I loved and was passionate about and um, a lot of hard work, I was able to crawl myself out of that black hole and I am on the other side of it now and um, more energized than ever and really living my best life. And I think the biggest thing I learned through all of that was what and how I envisioned my best life to look like is not how it turned out. Um, not even close. Uh, I, you know, I always envisioned, um, I always envisioned, you know, 
big house, fancy cars, uh, you know, just certain things, a lot of material things. And I think we all do. We all have this white picket fence life that we dream of when we're, you know, young. Um, but life again had a different plan and I wouldn't trade any of it for the world. I live in a very nice house. It's not the house I once imagined, but it's, it's nice. Um, and I drive nice cars and I have a really great job, but again, it's not the white picket fence life that I imagined. It's even better. And I can truly say that I am living my best life. That's an amazing story. How, you know, how did your mindset change kind of when your, your life came crashing down on you all at once, like all those crazy things happened. It's seemingly all at the same time. I mean, you know, how did your, how did that change the way you thought about life and, and your just overall mindset about moving forward? That's a great question. You know, I think that's when you start to do some deep thinking. And I went through a lot of things that people actually don't start to experience in later in life, or they're certainly spread out um, a lot. So um, mine happened all within five years. So I think I started to really question like, what's important to me? What do I value? And it's interesting. You start to look at other people's situations differently. While I was going through that, I was still helping people. I was still giving guidance and advice to clients on how to live a good life and how to get to and through their own life transitions or to and through retirement. And so I really started to look at what's really important and really what makes me happy. Um, you know, we live in such a world today that you scroll on social media and you see the best pictures of someone's life and that's it. And you have no idea the struggles or the things that they go to sacrifices they make to be able to take one really good picture. And <laughs> I think that's really what got me to say, listen, I, my best life actually is a lot simpler than I once thought. And I think, um, really knowing going through it at a young age and then understanding I was meeting with clients during that time that were going through some form of job transition. And, you know, I had a client, um, and actually a very successful attorney and, uh, he's still a client today. Amazing guy. Um, here he is 65 retiring or about thinking about retiring. And he's like, I missed out on so many of my kids things, their baseball games. Um, I was working so hard. He made partner, big firm in Chicago, um, and made a lot of money, but here he was at 65 reflecting and having some people close to him that, you know, retired and didn't make it long after retirement. And he's like, I missed out on doing things that I enjoy. Like, I don't know that I was living the life I wanted to live. And so it was him that, and this is the same guy, this is now um, 10 years later, uh, 75, he's going to be climbing Mount Everest this year. I mean, just an amazing <laughs> story, but he really inspired me at a young age to say, what are you doing, Nicole? Like, yes, you're going through all this garbage, but this is the time to make really good decisions so that you don't have regrets and you're not looking back and saying, God, I missed out on all that stuff. And really, was it worth it? Or how much of it was worth it? And how do you live and enjoy today and not wait for one day, you know, all on the grind for money. Money is just the tool to get you to where you want to go, but it really identifying what I value and what was important to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, money is important, right? But it, it's not everything. Um, you know, a lot of folks, whether, yeah, whether you're rich or poor, you, you tend to blame everything on, on money. I mean, if you have a lot of money, then you think that, you know, you've got problems. If you don't have a lot of money, you think you've got problems. Um, you know, how do you identify with your clients as far as getting them to understand that there is 
you know, there are more important things than money in their life um, without maybe going through a catastrophic event like you did. Yeah, I, I work really hard to get my clients to, to start to figure out what do you value? Like what's important to you? Like what makes you smile? What makes you happy? And it's amazing the stuff that you end up hearing. It's spending time with my kids. It's, you know, doing things that really don't cost money. They may be, it might be time, right. um, which time is money. Um, but you know, then they start to really put in perspective, like what's the trade-off. Okay. Well, yeah, actually I would work less or make a little bit more if I got to do this. Cause it does make me happy. And it is amazing to spend more time with family or do your hobby that you love to do that. You know, I love to run. I, I don't run. I love to do this, whatever it is, like what's important to you. Is it spending time on your health and wellness? Is it spending time with family? Is it traveling? You know, one of my things is I love to travel. Well, my trade-off is, is I'd rather live in a little bit of a smaller house and be able to go on five or six trips a year to some amazing places. So I really do a deep dive with my clients and say, what is important to you? Like at the end of the day, I have them do two things. How do you envision your life from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed? Because we, we've heard this old adage, like seize every day, live like it's your last day, but come on, some of that's garbage. You know, we all have to go to work. We all have to do things. Um, but you can be doing things in your everyday life that do fulfill and fulfill you. And then the other thing I have people do is I have them write their eulogy. You know, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered as the guy or gal that was at the office 15 hours a day and didn't spend any time with their kids or, you know, didn't get to vacation or didn't do those things Is that going to make you happy or how is it you want to be remembered? So how you envision your life, how you want to be remembered and somewhere in there is what you value and what's important to you. And there's little changes that you can be making in your life to live a better life. Right, right. I mean, I think you said something really powerful there. I mean, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be thinking back and saying, man, I should have spent more time working on my career or spending time in the office or, you know, billing more hours or something like that. You're going to be thinking about the people uh, that were in your life and maybe you didn't spend enough time with them if you had regrets um, and the things that you may or may not have experienced. Uh, those are the things that are really going to come, you're going to contemplate um, at that point in time. And another thing that you brought up was, you know, that we talk about on this show all the time and that's buying back your time. And that's why we talk about investing in different assets so that you can start buying back your time uh, piece by piece because money isn't everything and you, and you can't get overwhelmed with just making more and making more and making more. You need to really stop like you do with your clients and think about what's really important in your life. Absolutely. And I, I tell people all the time, like, is there something that you'd cap your income at a certain level, but you could have this other stuff, whether it's time with family, whether it's time with kids, whether it's traveling or things you enjoy and love. And if the answer is yes, then, you know, that that's your answer. Like, okay, how much is enough? What do you need? And, you know, we talk about it all the time in my office, even with my, my business partners, as you're growing a business, it's like, how much is enough cake to eat? You know, how much cake do you need? Um, and how many other sources, again, like passive income, how many other avenues can you be more efficient with your time and have other things working for you, making money and, you know, again, have enough cake to eat and still enjoy life. Right, right. Yeah. And we, we talk about that. We call it the golden handcuffs. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you make more money, right? But you spend more money and you get more yeah. bills. You know, you buy the new five series every time one comes out or you get a, a bigger house than you need or you get the nice watch and all that kind of stuff. 
And it's just like, you know, more and more and more bigger, bigger, bigger. And then eventually you're, you're just kind of tied down to that income and you don't really have an escape. Um, you know, what advice, I guess, would you give to someone who is starting to go down that path and hopefully didn't go too far, um, whether they're starting to question whether more and bigger is better? Yeah, here's the thing. Get, get a grip on what you what's really important to you and what you value. Because I think if you constantly go back to that, here, I'm, I'll be the first one, I'll admit, like, you know, we all want more and more, but one of the things, the conscious efforts in the last five years that I've made was saying, listen, I want more, but I don't necessarily want to keep increasing my overhead so that I am the golden handcuffs or the slave to constantly doing this. So it's going back to saying what's important to me. And, you know, really what's important to me is spending time with my kid. Um, what's important to me is, you know, not having a huge nut to crack every month, or at least being manageable that if, and I think the other thing is important to you is you're never as healthy as you are today. You know, you are potentially one, God forbid something happening to you away. Like talk about stress. Um, so, you know, can I live in a rock star life and not necessarily have a 10,000 square foot, but can I have a 3000 square foot and be house and look and be really nice? For sure. And that's how I choose to live. So, you know, traveling is important to me. Spending time with my kids is important to me. Having a lot of money in the bank is important to me. Um, but I still, I love to spend. Who doesn't love to spend? You work really hard. You want to spend, but I can do it and not put more stress. So, you know, even buying cars, like cars have been my thing too. Um, and I kind of like dialed back on that. I'm like, okay, especially COVID that brought like reality. It's like, well, you're not driving anywhere. <laughs> Yeah. So what do you need? Um, but just bringing it back and dialing it back and saying, well, you know what, you know, do I want that kind of car payment or do I want to spend that money or would I rather go spend 10 grand on like an amazing trip or 15, you know, do something totally amazing. And I've chosen experience over things. And, um, cause you know what, you're not taking any of that stuff to the grave with you and who are you really impressing at the end? So that's where I say, go, it, your best life is going to be way different than your peers, your neighbors. And after meeting with thousands of people, I'm telling you, the people with all the things are sometimes the most miserable, unhappy people. And the people that live the most modest lifestyles, but have money and they still do big things, but you would never guess are living truly their best life. So I say, go back. What is it? What's important to you? And that's how you should be spending your time and money. Um, you know, who wants bigger house. I mean, we all want a bigger house, but like who wants to have that headache and the overhead and all of that? Like, especially if you'd prefer, if one of the things you value is traveling, or if one of the things you value is spending time with your kids, well, guess what? You're on the grind and you're working. If you, you know, take on a bigger mortgage, take on those things. So what's right. important? What do you really need? Yeah. That's why I, I love, like, it, it seems recent, but it's probably not that recent, but it seems like, you know, there, there's more and more people that are turning their back on that nine to five to your 65 and just only invest in your 401k and just wait until, you know, you're 60, 65 years old to access that. And then you can go and sip coconuts on the beach or whatever for whatever years you have left. And hopefully you do have some quality years left after that. Um, but it's not guaranteed, right? So I, I love that, you know, recently it seems like there's more and more people kind of bringing that into light and starting to question that, um, you know, that, that scheme that's been fed to us since we were kids. 
Absolutely. And I, I talk about that a lot too, like living for the now, um, because so many times I think you're totally right. It's been fed to us. Like, listen, you're going to work. The grind is right now. You're going to work, 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 work. You'll have a little bit of enjoyment and then <laughs> you'll get to enjoy it all when you retire. And I say that is, that is passe. Um, now is the time. Don't wait till you're retired because you never know you're healthy sound mind, mobile, now's the time to do some of this stuff. So if it's traveling, you know, I use traveling a lot as an example, because that is a major thing for people. Um, but if it's traveling, like do it now, what are you waiting for? And wouldn't the trade-off be, Hey, I'm getting to do these things now versus waiting when it might not be promised, or I might not be in a ability to do it um, versus having like a bigger house or things that like, you know, you might, again, you may enjoy, it, but how much are you really enjoying it? Is it, is it the things that you value? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people might hear this podcast or listen to you on other podcasts and get motivated to change. Um, but then either they don't take any action or they take action, then they just can't sustain it for a, a long enough time to get results. I mean, how do you recommend that they kind of stay focused and stay on track and, and stay motivated? Listen, we all need rechecks um, sometimes. And I myself too, like I get caught up in like the moment and I want to do X, Y, Z, or I want something. And it's always a recheck. And I think for me, I have what's important to me. It's written out, laminated in my shower. And I know that sounds crazy and maybe weird. And, uh, but I look at it every day and I know it's important. It kind of gives, it grounds me to say, listen, Nicole, calm down. <laughs> you don't need the, you know, more expensive car. You don't need this. And or you want it, that's fine, but do this first. And so um, for me, I would say, go back to what you value, what's important. And if you have a significant other in your life, get them on the same page. It's so important. So many times I find that people are not on the same page and that you're, you're running in two different directions. So, you know, you may be totally overworked and stressed and your significant other is like, you know, living it up and you're, you need to get on the same page. They need to know like, Hey, I gotta, I want to, I want to dial it down a little because I don't know that I can sustain the pace that I'm doing and I'm not enjoying my life. I'm not living my best life right now. Yes. The one or two vacations we take a year is great, but the grind is killing me. And so I think getting on the same page with your significant other and working towards the same goals is super important too. Um, and again, it's not bad to want things. It's totally fine to want things. You can absolutely want things, but really figure out what you value and what's important to you and kind of what fills and what fills your tank. And again, how do you want to be remembered? What is it that you want to be doing and be doing that? Um, people aren't going to remember necessarily the house you had or the cars you drove, but they may remember you know, your kids may remember the time that you were like totally in tune quality time that you spent with them on vacation or the day that you took off a of school with them just to hang out. Like, you know, again, how many successful people just like take a day off to spend the day with their kid while they're off of school? No, like most people are like, okay, whatever you have the sitter, you have whoever taking care of them. But it's like those things, those things can't be purchased. Those are pretty amazing things. So um, again, everyone values things different. Your best life's going to look different to someone else. Um, this year, COVID brought about, um, I created online course so that you can learn how to live your best life and do some exercises. And I think that's helping people to figure out, you know, what, 
what is it that's important to me and how do I start living my best life and stop being, you know, in the hamster wheel day to day groundhog's day doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the overall theme there is you've got to figure out a way to kind of remind yourself about when you, when you kind of had that, that change of mindset and you were like, okay, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do something differently from here on out. You got to figure out a way to remind yourself daily, you know, at least daily, maybe more than that, whether it's you get up every day and meditate and think about it, or, you know, you have a a gold board on your desktop, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And gratitude's huge. Um, I tell people, you know, like, listen, none of us need more work every day. Cause then someone's like, Oh, get a journal or write down these things. It's like, okay, you know, we'll do it for a week. And then we stop because (laughs) we got enough on our minds. But listen, it's so simple. All you have to do is take 30 seconds in your day. And I I do it at night. And this is something I practice. And it absolutely rewires your brain. There's like scientific proof of this. Um, And I just talk about three positives in my day and what I'm grateful for. And then also just grounds me. It's like, all right, I I got this. Like I am, I am like some days when you don't feel like winning or you still want and and you got to just bring yourself back to center. Um, I do that every night and it totally changes my whole, it has changed my, my life. I saw the guy who wrote the book on it. He spoke to me. I started doing it a year later. I'm telling you it, it rewires your brain. So practicing what you're thankful for, you don't need a notebook, you know, close your eyes, think about it right before you go to bed. It's an amazing thing. That's awesome. I do the same thing, except I do it in the morning when I wake up. I think about three things okay. that I'm grateful for to kind of start out the day and in a grateful mindset. And I think it sets, sets the mood that's for the awesome. rest of the day. So that, that's amazing. I love that. Um, going back to when you're talking about spouses, because I'll, I'll bet some of your clients come and they, they tell you that exact story. Like, how do I get my spouse on the same page? Maybe maybe one of them was a high pay, in a high paying career. The other one you know, maybe not so much, but they both spent a lot of money together. And that's just kind of how the relationship developed over a long period of time. And then eventually one of them had a mindset change. I mean, how do you end up having that conversation with the significant other, um, even though you're trying to push them over into the mindset change that you've had, right? But they haven't had it. So how do you bring them to the light? Um, We did this great exercise. It's called Honest Conversations. I have them do it on their own and then we do it together. And it's really, it's this uh, card game where they put what they value. And these cards have like four, you know, four words on them. But the gist of the whole thing is, is, it's funny. A lot of times they're on the same page, but they're just like living life. Like this is the life we've kind of charted out and we started living. We have this really nice house. We belong to the country club. We do this, we do that on the weekends, you know, whatever it is, we drive these types of cars. Like this is the the picture that we've created. Um, and when I get them in and doing this exercise, it's amazing because I'll get them maybe non-high um, earning spouse to be like, well, I wish they were around more to the earning spouse. I wish they were around more. I wish we spent more time together. I wish we had this. Okay. And then it's like a light bulb goes off. Cause I tell them you can have that. Absolutely. But what's the trade-off, you know, yeah. there is some trade-off to it. And I think when you start talking about trade-offs, um, people get it, you know, like, yeah, you can have that too. You can, you can have the $150,000 new car that came out. What's the trade-off to it? Um, and, or you can have more time with your spouse, but are you willing to, you know, this, your credit card runs five, 10 grand a month. Are you willing to dial that back so that, you know, the stress isn't, and it's shocking, um, that it's, 
it's so simple um, when I'm saying it right now, but it's shocking, like the light bulb going off in people's heads when you're going through this exercise and we're like, yeah, I would absolutely give up this to have this, like, absolutely. Um, Cause I would be happier. Um, so again, you don't, you're, you're not, you know, not living, you're getting to live, you're getting to have your best life, but it might not look like what you once thought. And, um, and so I think getting the spouses on the same page as a significant other spouse is so important. And most of the time you're on the same page, you just, when do we have time to really talk about that stuff? And how do we talk about that stuff? And sometimes it manifests in different ways. So um, it is sometimes like marriage counseling yeah. when I'm meeting with people <laughs> going through this yeah. uh, and really helping people, again, both of them um, see the light and see what they both value and how to get them on the same page. It's, it's pretty amazing. And I think your significant other spouse is probably more supportive than you think. Um, you just have never had the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all about having, you know, just being open and honest and transparent. And that's probably very difficult for a lot of folks. I mean, you might not have those open, honest and transparent conversations. So when you try to open that book, it's, it's a little bit awkward at first. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit um, talking about control. So this comes up a lot, especially with attorneys and doctors and, and, and folks that have, you know, very pressure filled careers. Um, how do you suggest that they balance between, you know, controlling what they can control and then letting go of what they can't? Ah, I love this one. Um, control the controllables is like a term I, and, uh, my mentor, um, I think beat this into my head because I am super type A personality. And when my world was crashing around me, um, my mentor said, you can control the controllables and that's it. And you got to and you know you got to figure out if it's going to matter five minutes from now five years from now or not um and then also figuring out what you can delegate you know again you're probably successful because you put in the hard work and you did did what you can and i think um that's probably my biggest thing is being able to delegate and give up some of that control the trade-off is it may not be done the way you want it done or how you would have it or how you would do it. Um, but does it give you some freedom? And if it does, then it's worth it. Um, and again, there are just things that we can't control, but when you have a plan, um, and a real structure of a plan in place, again, I look at it as like, listen, um, I'm in Chicago and I want to drive to California. There's going to be some detours along the way. There's going to be maybe an accident or two, and I'm going to have to figure out how to navigate. Um, when you have a plan and you feel confident about your situation, you can navigate those detours pretty well. So again, there are things that, things that are out of our control, but being able to navigate those because you have a plan and you know what direction you're going. Um, it's a real hard thing to do, but again, what's important to you and what kind of life do you want to live? And do you want to be totally stressed out all the time? And it's not worth it. Control what you can control, control the controllables, uh, number one, and to get a plan and um, you're able to navigate the detours along the way much better with a plan. Yeah, I love all that. I love what you said about delegation too. I mean, I always say if you can delegate something to someone else and they can do it 80% as good as you think that you can do it, which they might be even higher than that, but 80% as, right. as well as you think that you can do it, um, you, you need to get comfortable with that. And that's, that's a worthwhile delegation. 
A hundred percent. Yeah. And another quote that I thought of uh, when you were speaking, it was the quality of your life is directly proportional to the amount of uncertainty that you can handle in your life. And I, I love that. And I love that relatedly successful people are addicted to uncertainty, right? I think that really highly mm-hmm. successful people are really good at handling, you know, things as they come along and they're just, they just kind of go with the flow, right? They, the things will go uh, wrong and they know it and they accept it. They've accepted it before it even happens. And they're able to handle those things a lot better that way. Yeah. I think of it as like recovery and you're able to handle it. Like I think of it as like you're falling down and how fast can you get up? And I think people who are highly successful, they're used to falling down. You know, we talk about how all these people who are very successful and having failures. Um, and it took them, you know, they had 90 failures before they had a success. Well, then the same successful person, again, falls down quite a bit, but is able to recover and get back up. And so much of that is attitude um, and being able to shake things off. And again, um, and, and I think you get even more successful and more confident in that uncertainty, the more you can kind of delegate and control what you can control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it comes down to attitude. I mean, are you able to talk to your clients or talk to your um, family and friends about things like that? You, maybe they're not as good at taking the bumps and getting back up. I mean, how do you kind of get them to get better at that in their life? Totally. So we also live in a world right now where you're, it's either euphoric, everything is wonderful and we're posting yeah. it all over social media or the world is ending and it's terrible. And I call this living in the gray. And I will tell you, it's probably one of my biggest challenges um, is learning how to live in the gray where things are like, okay, you know, for me, um, 10 days after I closed on my house, sewer line broke, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage. And I was like, somewhat concerned about myself because I'm like all right I just like shook it off I'm like well whatever I can't do anything about it it is what it is we're gonna just move forward and fix it and get going um and that's when I'm like that's when I hit my moment of saying oh my god I'm actually living in the gray and doing it um it's a tough (laughs) it's a tough thing because um we're so used to satisfaction and either again everything's so awesome and you just you know you just landed a big client you just landed a big deal you, whatever it is or oh my gosh this is blowing up in my world um so i think living in that gray is a tough one but um you know one of the things i practice a ton is like you know is it going to matter is it going to matter 5 years from now if it's not i'm not not worried about it it's not rocking my world And I think for me, having gone through some health issue, um, and again, sometimes people don't experience this, experience this till later in life, um, and hopefully never have to experience it. You're like, all right, well, it's, I, I, this can be fixed. If it can be fixed or you can figure out how to get, you know, whatever past it, it, it's not worth uh, getting all worked up at and you're living in the gray. So you're not like super either, either way. And it's a hard place to get takes practice and you got to keep reminding yourself, like, again, can it, is it fixable? Yep. Um, is it going to matter in five years from now? Nope. All right. Then I'm not getting myself worked up about it. Yeah. Living in the gray. That's a great term. Uh, I always just say, you know, find the happy medium, right? You need to not be one or the other, like find the happy medium, be okay with what's next and and move on. I mean, there's things you just can't change once they happen. A hundred percent. So I want to give you an opportunity, a quick opportunity to tell me a little bit about your business, your, your current business. What does that look like? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I have a wealth management firm um, in Chicago. We are a financial planning firm recognized as some of the top 3% uh, in the United States, which is great. Um, but this year we totally launched a, a new business, which we're super excited about. Um, we realized that people should, if anything, um, certainly COVID taught us that you should be living your best life. And why are you waiting? And I always get clients coming to me when they're going through some form of transition, um, whether it's divorce, uh, a job change, um, you know, even just needing a second opinion on something or helping their aging parents, whatever it is, it's some form of transition. Um, I want to help people before they go through that. I want them to start living their life before. So we just launched some um, online courses and it's a uh, findyourbestlifenow.com. Um, and they're really great digital online courses take you through, you can learn how to be living your best life now. Um, there's some courses constantly being added, you know, whether it's job transition, um, getting a second opinion on what you're currently doing. Like, am I on the right track? Am I not on the right track? Um, all sorts of stuff. Um, some of it financial related and some of it is really also just uh, makes you dig a little deeper emotionally and see where you're at and in your life and how do you get to living a more fulfilled life. Um, so some really cool stuff we're excited about and uh, just want to help more people and help people start living now and start living their best life. Very cool. Very cool. Before we jump into the Freedom Four, what's one last golden nugget for our listeners? I know that's very broad, but you have a lot of awesome things to say. So, thanks. Um, I would say st right now, you, there is no, you know, think of there is no tomorrow. Stop waiting. We every day we always say, hey, I'm going to do this Monday or I'm going to put this off. Um, I don't like to live like that. I like to do things now. So if you're not satisfied or not feeling good in your life, change something today to start being happier. It's not worth it to wait. You know, we wait till Monday to diet. We wait yeah. till Monday to do whatever <laughs> it is. Call people on our list. Stop waiting. You know, um, time is precious. And so I always say whatever you can do today to start living a better life and being more fulfilled and happy, um, you know, it just makes happier people makes also like a happier world. So we could all use it. That's perfect. Take action, right? Take action. When you, when you feel the, the mood, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yep. Um, let's jump into the freedom four. It's time for the freedom four. So what's the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy? Ooh, um, mind and body healthy. One of the things I do is um, 5 a.m. workouts are my my thing. Um, it's I call it my happy pills, my happy time, because if I don't do my workout, it I totally uh, drags me throughout the day and I'm not feeling so happy and not feeling good about myself. And it just transcends into everything I do. Yeah, I'm the same way. If I don't get my workout in, like it just messes with you physically, emotionally, mentally. You've got to mm -hmm. get that, got to get your blood pump in. Um, in an alternative universe where you weren't involved in your current businesses, what would you be doing? That's a great question. I think about that all the time. Um, if I wasn't doing what I was currently doing, um, I know I'd be an entrepreneur in some way. Um, I am, I'm constantly going. So, um, and I'd be working with people or creating something for people. So, um, you know, I always think about like, what if I was a stay at home mom, I could never see myself doing it, but I it's funny, my friends who are, they're like, you would 
you would have like 17 businesses because you would never <laughs> be able to just be okay doing that. Uh, so I can't really say, I think, I think I'm where I'm meant to be um, on my journey in life here. Um, but I know I'd still be an entrepreneur. I'd, I'd uh, have something cooking if uh, I didn't, I wasn't doing what I'm doing now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Where were you at five years ago and where do you see yourself five years from now? Oh, that's great. Five years ago, um, I was really just, uh, maybe it was like seven years, I was just coming out of a slump through really building myself back up, um, building my my wealth up and being in a really financially secure situation. It, it was about five years ago when I finally hit that mark where I was completely debt-free um, and really starting to um, build my net worth. Um, and where do I see myself five years? Well, um, we are doing some amazing things. Uh, I can't sit still. So besides growing my practice, um, getting close to a billion dollars of assets that we manage and uh, probably building out another business or two here uh, to help, I wanna help more people. So I look forward to helping as many people. There's many people in the, in the world, the country, I'll say from the United States that um, don't have the means to hire someone like me or my firm on a daily basis. And I want to help some of those people um, get to a better place. Perfect. Last but not least, how has passive income made your life better? Oh, you, you know, they always say to really, truly be, you study really successful people and um, they have more than one source of income and certainly it relieves some stress um, that, and I'm always one because maybe it's, I am a planner and I financial planner. I always look at worst case scenarios. So um, financial passive income has given me uh, some stress relief to some regard because I know that God forbid something happened to my main source of income. Um, I do have enough to carry me and carry my bills um, and get me to and through that transition. So uh, it's totally changed my life. Um, I think fi having financial independence and freedom is a big thing and passive income has done that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just taking that stress, the, the money stress away from your life, just, just changes everything, changes your outlook on life, changes, you know, how you approach each and every day. And you don't have to have that rain cloud uh, over your head all the time. A hundred percent. Yeah. Nicole has been awesome. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Yeah. Go to www.findyourbestlifenow.com. Um, I'm also on clubhouse at live best life now. And then uh, lastly, on Instagram, live your best life underscore Nicole, um, have a ton of content on all social media. So feel free to check me out. Also, if you're interested in our courses, um, you can use code podcast. Um, and that is 50% off on your live your best life course. Awesome. Awesome, Nicole. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you for having me. Wow, what an incredible show today. Nicole's story and really just her personality in general is so inspiring. I can really see why her clients put their trust in her to make big changes in their lives. I, I believe the big takeaway for this show is that we cannot fear change. You know, we cannot fear the unknown and we cannot fear uncertainty. Instead, we really need to open it with open arms and challenge ourselves each and every day. And the thing is, if you aren't happy with your life, with your job, with the people in your life, take action, move forward and sustain it. 
and find that happy place. All right, folks, if you haven't already, please leave a rating and review. It goes a long way in getting the good word out there. Until next time, enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast with Seth Bradley. Do you want more ideas on how to generate multiple streams of passive income? Then jump over to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com for show notes and resources. Then apply for the private Facebook community by searching for the Passive Income Attorney on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next episode.